you're listening to Matt King and Vince Tracy on Vince Tracy Podcasts. So, very good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Europe Calling with Matt King and Vince Tracy. And our date is the 9th of January, 2024. Well, the weather here in Spain uh, is very sort of... um, I'm I'm, I'm tempted to say wintry because it is a bit cold... Uh, not frantically cold, but it is colder. It's grey. It is early, of course, so uh, things burn off around about 11 o'clock. Uh, but the definition on the mountain's OK, uh, but it looks a bit gloomy. It looks more like uh, the UK than Spain as I'm looking out of my window. We'll go west around about three quarters of an hour, and I should find Matt. So good morning to you, Matt. Uh, make sure that um, you're there and tell me what your weather's like. Well, good morning, Vince. Um, yes, it, it's it's finally sort of changed into winter a little bit, wintry. Uh, the skies look wintry. They look heavy. Uh, there's a cover of cloud over the whole sort of area. But um, I think uh, I can see the sunshine out at sea going through the clouds, which is quite beautiful, really. It's like a line across the, the horizon. Um, so... Fingers crossed and a bit of luck. I don't think we're due to get very high temperatures today, but, uh, you know, it's it, listen, we live in heaven here in <laughs> Spain. So a few odd days where it's uh, a little bit uh, uh, cold and nippy actually brings you into sort of a reality for the fact that it's the second week of January. Yes. Well, obviously, like I always preface our podcast with our thoughts and prayers with people in the war zones around the world and all those horrible problems that we've got um you had a big problem with the fire at the weekend didn't you yes we did i mean it it, well for us it wasn't scary scary but we could see quite clearly the fire from our house um and it started off around muscarat um nobody knows yet what caused it um or there's suspicions as to what what was to what was causing, but I won't say that now. Um, but uh, it 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 was quite. No, fortunately, no one was hurt and no buildings were damaged. Uh, but of course, the, uh, the all the fauna and the uh, livestock around there will have been either trapped or killed or or whatever. So that's a bit of a a problem. And of course, you know. Fire is the only way, true way of regrowth, ironically. So, you know, it will take probably 10 or 15 years for the burnt stubble to disappear and the new life to come to it. But it it will happen. It does happen. So, uh, but like I say, fortunately, no one was hurt and uh, it it was extinguished, but not on the day. Yeah. Uh, That was two, three days ago. In fact, uh, yesterday... They were still up there fighting another a fire that had started up or whatever. But of course, we have had until today. I noticed how still it is out there. But we have some had had some dreadfully high winds. Yeah. And of course, that fanned the fire. Absolutely. Okay. Well, look, uh, we're looking today at being rich, and of course. Uh, you you know you you can't really find the only definition that uh, defines being rich because it means having a lot of money or valuable possessions. It implies having more than enough to gratify normal needs or desires. Um, however, of course, being rich does not necessarily mean being wealthy, which is having a sustainable and abundant lifestyle. And being rich can also have different meanings for different people, depending on their values and their goals. I think that covers most of it. Um, So that's okay. Good. Okay. So we've got got a working definition as such. Um, Although, of course, realistically, um, you've just outlined uh, something which 
means uh, a sort of wealth, if you like, uh, richness and abundance of crops, and the, the weather normally being uh, very, very clement. Uh, but occasionally we have something which obviously comes along and makes life a bit more difficult. And uh, just while we're on this same theme, um, we note that the Valencian community where we both live, although, you know, quite a way away from each other, um, the mandate has come back in that uh, we have to wear masks in the health centres and in the hospitals because of a spike. And, and, the, and, and the pharmacies. Okay, well, pharmacies hadn't come in at the time that I, I got the information, and um, it doesn't surprise me. And, you know, I have been in various situations where people have had masks on. Now, I went into an office yesterday, and the person that I needed to speak to uh, obviously had a terrible cold, um, and you, you you can see the sense in at least making uh, the gesture of wearing a mask so that other people won't uh, get the germ. But of course, uh, I think if we're going to go down this road of the masks again, I think um, we may as well just sort of uh, remind ourselves that, of course, um, people don't change the masks regularly, nor do they wash them. Uh, normally, uh, you fish something out of your pocket, which could could be up to a month old. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm exaggerating maybe for some people. Uh, but, um, you, you know, uh, the richness of having health is something which uh, very often we underestimate. And I think, uh, like a lot of people, over Christmas and the New Year, um, I had about four or five weeks where, you know, I was under the weather and basically, um, you know, y you're not as happy with life in a general sense because when you're fully, um, fully fit and healthy, um, y you are a very fortunate person. But, of course, most people, when they get over a certain age start paying the price of parts of the life i'm thinking immediately of you and your rugby career and of course uh, yeah. various other people with other bits and pieces which are beginning to ache and creak and everything so um i think most of us really don't accept quickly enough the fact that to have reasonable health is just brilliant isn't it well yeah you know when I had my stroke, for example, I, I can only use me because I can only rem remember me, really, um, nowadays. But when I had my stroke uh, about five or six years ago um, in, a, in surgery, having my other sh shoulder replaced with a metal one, um, I played in the front row, as you know, and uh, it's not a very nice place to be sometimes. But anyway, you do it because you love the sport. I mean, you love being out. You love running. You love... You have freedom. It's a freedom that you uh, you uh, value. And uh, in that surgery, unfortunately, I got a clot of blood because it's the big bone. Your hips and your shoulders, I then find out, are the biggest bones in your body, and uh, they release a blood clot sometimes if you when you cut the bone. And that's what happened to me. And it went straight into my hippocampo, which in a part of the brain is a uh, it. It stops. It, you, you, it, bl it blocks your memories. You don't have any memory afterwards. I didn't even recognise my my wife when she came into the room. I, I, uh, it was like seeing somebody completely different. And I had to ask her who she was. Um, and it was that bad. And they said to me, "Oh, it's a TIA." Uh, I can't remember the exact pronunciation of what that is, but. Um, it, it was a little TIA, and it would go within three or four days. And of course, as well you know, I've had to give up my singing because I don't remember the songs, and uh, life life completely changed. And I got really depressed to much, to the point that I actually had to go to the doctors and admit it and say and go and see a psychiatrist, who who has been very very good and has helped me with many things, uh, medication being one of them, but has helped me, has given me a crutch to uh, cut off the tops of the of the highs and the, the bottoms of the lows. And so you, li you live a much more uh, middle-range middle life. And I, I, 
I sadly, I have to admit that even though I have my faith and I have everything else, I I didn't want to be here. I really didn't want to be here because I'd I'd see people, I'd be hiding from them, and uh, because I couldn't remember their names or how I knew them or or anything. And I I was quite intelligent. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm stupid now, but I was quite intelligent and. Uh, it was a big thing to overcome, you know. It was a really big thing to overcome. Yeah. And the, 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 the richness of memory and feeling, that it's a real reality, the richness of remembrance, of being able to remember. And it's something that most people will never, ever think about. They won't think about their memories and how important they are to them. But when you've lost them, that's a completely different ball game. Well, you you bring another dimension uh, to things that um, other people, uh, myself included, um, you, you know, don't think enough about, and just to be able to use our memory and be able to be free to speak to each other to be able to uh, go through our memories and pull one out and talk and discuss how it's either enhanced or made life difficult or whatever. Um, I, I think this is probably more of a contribution to uh, life in a general sense than you realise. I think, you know, people do enjoy reading your posts. I know that because obviously uh, I've looked at the things that you write about. I think uh, that I did tell you that I had you um, earmarked for having um, these podcasts uh, with me um, at some point in the future. I mean, a long time ago, obviously, we met on the radio station and uh, were aware of each other. Um, then I, I know I didn't uh, sort of know you very, very well over the years, um, but I was very interested in how you were coping because i think the you know the the situation we find ourselves in today talking about uh, being rich i think really th this is a total uh, epitome of, of how really to either know that we have got riches or we haven't got riches comes about because quite frankly you know it's a horror story what you what you've been through and to think that you're still now feeling that we can talk and discuss uh, and go over this must be an inspiration to anybody that maybe has got problems, um, which, you know, you've outlined just how grave your problems were. Um, I, I can only say, Matt, just how much I admire the fact that you talk about it and the fact that uh, you've overcome so many different aspects of this because... You know, what people do all the time um, is look at your um, maybe richness only in terms of money. And I think this is really part and parcel of maturity. It's part and parcel of really understanding what life is about. Because if you only go by riches, then invariably, by definition of people's wealth, um, there will always be people who have got more than you. And if you're that sort of inclined uh, to only look at people who are better off than you, um, then you'd always feel a little bit sort of uh, hard done by. So I think the money definition is always lending itself very dangerously to various situations that we'll be discussing over this podcast. Um, I mean, in a general sense, Matt, how are you feeling your health is now do you i mean do you feel really as uh, as i i i feel it's wrong for me to say rich but you you know what i mean do you do you feel like it's coming back to where you want it to be uh no, no. but but what i've done is try to draw it, it's never going to change now it's not going to change i see if i remember anything i see it as a photograph and not as a happening uh does that make sense i see it just as a Somebody will say something about something and I will see, see it as just a photograph of being together or what. I don't remember what was said, what was done, what was... I don't remember. I don't remember yesterday. 
I couldn't tell you if you asked me now what I did yesterday. I'd have to really think about it. Um, but what I've done is I've actually opened my eyes. I mean, you know, I think there's something in the Bible says my eyes were opened. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I, I look around me and I realize how how rich I am, how lucky I am, even with this awful debilitating uh, uh, problem. I, I look around me and I think I've got my wife, my, my, my two dogs, my cat. I've got, I used to have the ability to perform and make people happy. Um, I, I live in a beautiful place overlooking the sea um, and overlooking Altea and over towards Benidorm. Um, you've, I think you've got to find the, you've got to find the richness in life. Being rich is definitely not about having money. And most of the people, and it's a very big generalization, most of the people that I know, especially in this area I live, I mean, I bought an old house here, a very old house. And because I was a builder, I, I rebuilt it myself, brick by brick. And, uh, there were a lot of bricks. Uh, and it gave me a it gave me something to do while I was here, uh, and a it, b it got uh, I got to know the uh, people at A and E very well. Uh, accident and emergencies, because of course when you're on your own, you have to do some silly things, and you end up and end up falling off a scaffold or falling falling off somewhere or cutting something or doing something. Um, so I did actually get to know Kinnika uh, Benedorm staff very well. Um, and of course, what I, I, I forget is that not only did I have this thing with my shoulders, but I've got um, th two bars of titanium and six screws in my spine, it, which was in an 11 hour operation to try and res resolve the fact that I've got no discs from propping, from being a prop in rugby. Um, and uh, I also had a cage put in around my thorax uh because of rugby um but i it, it's meant that from that point which was about eight years ago i've had pain every day i i i live with that pain is relative too because there are some people i look around me and i feel so grateful because they're they're in a wheelchair or they've got a mental disability or they've they they're just so unwell and you know i think what what i i feel so rich i do i feel rich because i can now now that i'm on a sort of level kill again um and can talk about it i feel i feel very rich and I, to be honest when you asked me to do the podcasts i was a bit nervous at first because i hadn't done much playing or hadn't done much much stuff for quite a while and uh, publicly and of course as you know i used to write shows and my wife and i used to put them on at the uh casa cultura in our fast pantomimes and uh of which there were 70 people in the shows um you know it was a it was a, a real feat for both of us um and i i'd write the shows direct the shows and do the technical side of lighting and, and sound. And Becky would teach the, the kids the dances. And that, not just kids, adults as well. We got everybody involved. It was a really community-guided uh, event. And I felt rich. I felt really rich at that point. Yeah. I can remember that because we were doing something in and for the community. We weren't thinking of ourselves. We were just doing something... I think I worked it out one year that uh, on over the whole year and the uh, entradas, the entrances for the for the shows, which, which used to charge eight euros first of all and then ten euros, I think we I worked it out that we uh, earned ninety seven cents an hour hmm. over yeah. the whole. Time. Yes. It was a, it was like working for the radio station. Yes, <laughs> we, got, we got hardly anything at all. But 97 cents an hour. And yet I felt the richest I could have possibly felt. And I was elated when I was elated when the final curtain went down. I can admit 
but we used to do three shows from each of the pantomimes and each of the the uh, summer shows. But I, I the la- day the last curtain went down, it was like. <clears throat> And yeah. Becky would say to me, what are we going to do next? <laughs> and, of course, I'd be off writing immediately from the, from the, for the next show. So, um, but it was a great 10 years. And I, and I feel being involved with so many. And, you know, one of my pupils actually went off to do drama in England at Brighton Polytechnic and got in. Uh, we worked on his uh, entrance video and, and uh, he asked me lots of questions about drama and things and we, we did really well i mean he he did really well and and i'm i was so proud but that was one child over 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 the years probably over 150 200 children that had come to us yeah. but many stayed because but, of, of how we used to make them feel you know and that's a that to me is the biggest wealth i have i've ever had well, th- th- this is a bit of leakage from uh, your teaching, really, because uh, as as listeners to our podcast will know, we're both from the teaching profession, and there is something about one of your students uh, either doing better than you or doing well in a different way, but would acknowledge that you helped them to get where they were or are now. And I think that that sounds absolutely wonderful because i mean that is the sort of um richness that uh, a lot of people don't see i mean even as you were talking um we've sort of been linking mental health with physical health and you know as a concept of health uh, i know the world health organization had talked about uh, health being a complete state of um, mental and physical well-being and I think this is one of the big things that a lot of men find very difficult to really talk about which is the fact that um, you know sometimes uh, emotions sometimes things like your health are, are really difficult to uh, experience and discuss and talk with other people about so um, I can see that um, you know, there will always be some people that will identify very quickly with what we're talking about. Uh, other people uh, will stay with maybe just possessions because, sadly, you know, if you're driving past in a big car, I mean, I can remember uh, when I was fortunate enough to be on a holiday in Palm Springs um, that um, this big car goes by. And I just happened to spy Kenny Rogers driving this wonderfully big car. And, um, you know, it's a joy to see somebody who's famous, um, but not necessarily understand all the struggles to get the fame and the wealth that they have endured uh, and and maybe enjoy. So um, let's go next to um, the wealth of memories so, Matt, uh, we're discussing memories as, as a concept, if you like, uh, as part of being rich. Um, how does that sit with you? Well, it makes it, initially when you you said that, it made me feel sad because, of course, I, I, I probably have maybe between 5 and 10% of memory left from the whole of my life. And I'm 67 now, so I'm, I'm not pushing daisies quite yet, but, uh, you know... I, it, that's quite sad because that that sort of relates to maybe four years of remembering things. Um, but you have to go forward. You can't look back because it's not there anymore. And and for me, it's really weird because you know me a little bit now, Vince. And you you I I always look to help as many people as I possibly can. I don't I don't even remember what I've done and people come and say, oh, thanks so much for doing this for me or, or getting that arranged or organising this. But I don't remember it. I do it and the minute I do it, I forget it. <sighs> but it's a lovely position to be in for me now because for the first two or three years, I would recognise somebody coming down the street and I would hide in a doorway because I wouldn't be able to talk to them 
by name. I didn't know where, I didn't know their names. I didn't know how I knew them. And to keep on saying that to people is actually, that's quite tough on its own as well. Um, listen, I still, but I don't, I don't regret anything. It's really strange. I've come to, to realize that I'm still alive. I can still do stuff that I didn't ever think I was going to do. Um, uh, I find the hardest thing is 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 pain, is is actual physical pain. My blooming hips going now, so that's that's uh, and I have to walk with a stick. That's a that's a pain. There are people in wheelchairs. There are people in wheelchairs all their life. Uh, you know, I, what have I got to moan about? And that's what I I truly believe. You know, it's there's no point in me, you know, being sorry for myself or feeling bad. You've just got to get on. You've got to get on, and uh, and that's what I that's what I try and do. I, I I know a man who who comes here for about six months of the year, and he is almost he he makes himself walk with sticks, but he he really could be. I think in England when he's in England, he's actually he's a very clever man. He's like um, the guy in uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the inventor. Uh, I can't, can't remember his name, but. He he uh, he makes things and he repairs the most wonderful cars. Um, all the old 1920s and 1930s cars. He's got a garage full. I mean, he's obviously quite wealthy, but uh, I don't know anything about that. But he 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 doesn't let his his. I think it was polio he had. So I don't think that he lets nothing stand in his way. He does everything. He enjoys everything. He has a drink, he does whatever, and you never, ever, ever hear him moan about anything. Mm. This is um, very interesting because obviously um, certain things are springing to my mind as we talk, as we always do this anyway, but um, one is practising gratitude and the other is... Uh, being positive and you know you've got these gurus coming on the internet always telling you how you've got to do this that and the other to be positive but let's go to practicing gratitude because I think um, if you don't realize that you're rich then it makes it more difficult to practice gratitude and I think you've already said I do the same by the way Matt you know I get up in the morning and I say thank you to my belief. My belief is that there is the God that uh, we believe in. But of course, that in itself is a difficulty at the moment because there are so many people trying to discredit uh, faith and religion and all that sort of stuff. But I think really in that you can see the, um, the absolute opposite to richness, paucity, if you like, of somebody who hasn't got uh, something that they believe in. And, you know, if you can uh, get out of um, bed and say thank you to what you believe in or who you believe in, in, in my case, it's God. And, and obviously uh, our religion we have discussed many times. Um, but really, it's it's quite sad to think there are people who basically are so um, focused on TV and what the TV says that they don't look for their own richness, the things that uh, you've outlined and the things that, you know, are crossing my mind. I mean, you know, I do think the very least we can do is say thank you for what we acknowledge to be our richness because there are things where many people don't realise how lucky we are. I mean, you know, you've already outlined we're uh, living in a lovely place. Um, you, you go down to even Benidorm and there's, so many people who are out sitting down having a nice cup of coffee and a chat and of course then of course it deepens into people drinking a lot of beer or whatever but I mean that has to become your personal way of doing things uh, the original thing is to just be thankful for the fact that you get up in the morning and you have the blessings of another day and the chance to meet nice people and do nice things that's what I feel like which of course is probably the positivity thing coming in, um, but I think yes, it, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I mean, wait, did, did you? Th this could be difficult because you might not be able to remember. But um, 
did you know, did you practice positivity and gratitude when you had your health? Do you know if you did that? No, I didn't. And I didn't really realise. And, you know, they, they say you don't often realise until it's gone. And uh, at first, it's, it's quite a very... You have to sort of abstract it out a little bit because when you wake up from that from that and you were perfectly normal when you went into the doctors or into the surgery, you were perfectly normal. You remembered everything, you knew everything. But when you wake up, you don't remember anything. I mean, I was stuck in my house for three months because if I went out at all in the car on my own, I couldn't remember how to get back. And I would be I would be just down the road and I'd have to ring up Becky and say, I'd be in tears. I couldn't I can't find I don't know how to get back. She'd say, Well, what's around you? Where are you? And then in the end I, I just stopped trying because i I could not remember. I couldn't remember. And I think all those things take you on a spiral. I mean, I still ask my I still ask myself and in my prayers and um, when I'm thinking, why why did this happen to me? Because I always believe there's a yin and a yang and there's a reason for things to happen. And maybe it was my own John the Baptist type thing that I was I was sent away into my own wilderness in a in a sense. Um, to try and, and uh stay positive, stay happy, stay all the things that we 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 we're supposed to do as humans. But in answer to your question, no, I I I had no idea what had happened until I couldn't do the normal stuff in life uh, that everybody else was doing. Yeah, that is uh, stunning, actually, for those people uh, who enjoy good health, though for those people who basically haven't been through something like what you've spoken about, Matt, um, I have to say you know it it really does make me stop and think and when um you know if we want to trivialize it in if you'll excuse me for a minute when i say this you know even in the slightest way of for example going back to wearing masks which we had a period when everybody had to have a mask then we had all the politics and all the different revelations that have come since then now we're going back to this business of a lot of people have got lots of different germs and we don't know what really it's all about. And so uh, the politicians come back into play telling us we've got to wear these masks again. Now, I suppose really it, it's fogging up people's way of thinking again um, as to whether or not it's the right thing they should be telling us to do or the the way that maybe, for me, uh, if I have a, a cold, I sort of detach myself or flu or any, whatever it might be. I detach myself, really, and I'll keep away from people. Um, but again, as you've outlined with Becky and, you know, the fact that you've had her on the end of the telephone and, you know, for me with Anne... Um, I mean, this is the richness of having a wonderful partner who basically can, um, you know, help us through those bad times. I mean, you know yourself, even slight things like not feeling well, feeling under the weather, to have somebody that can say, well, you go and get into bed, I'll bring you up a nice cup of tea or, you know, a drink with some honey or something like that. I mean... That is an absolute richness, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't have got through this really truthfully without Becky. I mean, I, I think I'm a complete pain to her now because whilst I do remember things, I might ask the same questions three or four times now and she said, well, I've just told you, I've just told you that. And, and you can see it's sort of wearing a bit. But I, you know, she's still here. She's still, we we still do things together. I mean, she's had a, uh, it's been a big change for her as well because eventually 
um, her children have left home now, uh, only last year, just the end of last year. And I think she's feeling that a lot as a mother because she's a really good mother to her children, a really good mother. And um, it's it's been a, it's been a long struggle for her to uh, to to get through to to get through everything in the acceptance of how I am. And uh, but she, you know, I say to her, look, I'm not going to get any better. Better. So uh, if if you wanted to you know, go and live your life somewhere else and do something different, you can do. I, I, I won't, wouldn't hold that against you. And, of course, her reply is, no, we married for better or for worse and uh, richer or poorer, so don't, I'm not going anywhere. And that in itself is a, is a bonus. But you do feel like that sometimes because you're not the man you used to be. I'm certainly not the man I, that she married. Um and, and and therefore it would be reasonable for her to want that, except that love comes into it, and that that's a wonderful thing. That's another richness Isn't that it? we don't often talk about um, yeah. as a community and as people is love, because love actually overcomes so many things. But it's so easy now to when something goes wrong, to go right. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to have a divorce. Yeah, I was reading. I was reading some. An article I don't remember yesterday or today, this morning, about a man who'd been married for for 35 years, and his wife suddenly turned around and said, "I want a divorce." No idea that it was coming, but I want a divorce. It it, it just seems madness to me. It's all too available nowadays. I'm sure you've had rows with Anne, and I've had rows with uh, with Becky over things. I I try not to row at all now. Because what happens to me, I go down a cul-de-sac. I, I, I'll start start saying something, but then I end up in a cul-de-sac and I've got, I don't remember anymore. I can't argue my way out of it. Um, and, and to be fair and be absolutely truthful, this, these podcasts that you invited me to do have been a real godsend to me because I, I now have to think about what we're going to say and what we're going to do. Not that I've everything I was going to say and do for being rich versus being wealthy. It sort of has changed into the, the moral attitude now, the moral position now. And, um, it, you know, it, it's really important. But um, I, 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 I sort of want everybody to know and understand and comprehend, but I really don't think it's worth explaining it generally because... I don't believe that anybody will have an iota of what it is actually like to have no memory and to go through days where you you can't uh, and you know things like putting keys somewhere. Yes. If I don't do stuff regularly, if I don't write everything down, I mean, I've got got you down in the diary every every week, Vince, Vince, yeah. to Vince. Um, if I didn't. I'm not joking you, I would forget. Well, look... And, and I do it regularly, so, you know, it, it's it's crazy. Well, look, let me not trivialise for one minute what you've just said, because it's very, very important. Um, but I, I do want to make sure that you're, you're aware. I do actually write into my diary um, every week all my commitments so for example tuesday nine o'clock matt and whatever my our subject's going to be um so it's not that i might uh feel that i i might forget i i just think it helps my memory um so it's important for me to make sure um that you know i don't let you down uh, because obviously uh, you're apportioning time for me. And the greatest gift anybody can give anybody else is a bit of their time. I remember this being told to me uh, many, many years ago. Probably my dad would have told me that. And, you know, it is true. Um, and another thing that you said before, which um, resonated very quickly with me, um, is the fact that obviously... Um, people are now able to get a quickie divorce or, you know, they, they don't do what... I remember my mum and dad 
used to have the most awful um, struggles, you know, arguments and everything when I was growing up. Uh, but they were learning how to be good parents. You know, um, there isn't a manual of how to be a mum or how to be a dad. Uh, I think to be a, a good mum is almost uh, a, a natural thing because, <clears throat> you know, we're all shocked when we see a story emerge of a, a, a mother who mistreats her children. You know, we've seen a few things over the last couple of weeks, p mothers killing their children, that sort of thing. Um, I think with a father, it's a slightly different thing because, you know, once we've gone through the sexual gra gra gratification bit and then you, you obviously have a wife who brings you and presents you with a young child... You know, you should be changing forever, really, by the fact that, you know, you've met this little bundle of joy that's come into your life. And I think part of becoming a mature male in particular is to understand that our responsibility is to be there and provide and then obviously always trying to understand the problems that our partners, our wives uh, would would have. Uh, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, in a quiet, reflective moment, I will be thinking to myself, oh, I didn't do that well, or no, I should have done this as opposed to doing that. But uh, in my own way, I try and make these things up in, in maybe not actually saying, look, I am doing this because I think I was an idiot for doing that. I just try and make myself a better person by trying to to improve um, in, in things that I know Anne would like me to do or not like me to do, you know. And I think that's the sort of richness of being able to accommodate a relationship. Uh, on TV at the moment, there's an advert which is to do with Alzheimer's and the advert is very powerful. The man... Uh, you know, can't find things in the kitchen and, and it just shows you the love and compassion of his wife looking after him and, you know, understanding him. Uh, but, I mean, l look at the way the underfunding is with the likes of Alzheimer's. Look at the way in sport, for example, you know, they're trying to just pin it all on heading a football and yet I never see anything on the amount of alcohol that these celebrities will take over their lifetime when they're going to after dinner speaking and that sort of thing. I, I find these issues far more in my mind these days. It's drugs as well, Vince. Oh, well, you, you see, I, I, I'm so fortunate. I've never, ever been near drugs in my life. I mean, obviously, um, I'm not talking about the pharmacy and, and the doctors and things like that. I'm talking about no. we all do have a choice that if we're going to drink or smoke or take drugs, uh, th there's a responsibility that should be going with all of that. And really, we're now seeing a society where basically nobody seems to take responsibility for any of their actions in those sort of areas. Um, am I being unkind or do you think the same? No, I, I agree. I completely I, I agree with you. And, you know, you haven't said a word wrong there. And that, I, I think that's that's absolutely right. Well, I mean, uh, we're making decisions all the time, which uh, for me, it does affect whether or not we have added to our own richness, if you like. Uh, either it be as part of a relationship between your, your, your man and, and your woman. Um, I keep it that way because I am a traditionalist. I don't have anybody um, really, uh, I, I, I don't have anybody telling me I have to think this way. But I do remember going to a church where a priest uh, st stood in front and quoted parts of the Bible where a man and a woman are blessed and a relationship has been blessed and we're supposed to live together and try and develop that relationship it, it doesn't seem to be that way anymore and so part of our riches if you like or richness has been the way that we had values which were inculcated by people who looking back they did have great values they did have things that they taught us um, maybe it was never a lesson where you sit down and you actually, 
you know, were taught how to be a good parent, how to be a good husband or wife. But it was the example of our parents. And we've talked about this quite a lot, haven't we, really? I mean, that's a richness in itself, isn't it? Well, it depends. I suppose for us it is. And but I bet you there's an awful lot of people these days that would say that they, they didn't even know their parents. And, and that's because their parents were out working or doing something different uh, every day because they they couldn't be there. They had to they had to earn money. Uh, they have to earn money because it's not not gone uh, for them to even be parents and look after the children, put food on the table. It's uh, it's a very sad state of affairs now, considering how blessed we were um, to have that that wonderful home life, uh, that wonderful feeling of that uh, you don't appreciate when you've got it, but it do, you do when it's gone. You can look back and you can think, oh, how wonderful was that time that I had? That's what I miss. I see mm-hmm. photographs of my, a, a little bit of memory of stuff. I think no, normally it comes up when I was a, uh, when I was a child, of when I was doing something wrong, and I remember the 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 paddle. We had a paddle, which was a, a strip of wood about two foot long, with a handle on the end of it, a bit of thin plywood, quarter inch plywood, and that used to come round the back of your legs. <laughs> that used to give you. A bit of a, that used to give you a bit of a start, and it would be also because my mother was very good at stealth, <laughs> so she, you wouldn't know it was coming until it actually con- made contact. Um, and I think that was that was a good a good thing she did because she didn't threaten, she never threatened. She knew I was doing wrong. I knew I was doing wrong, and the punishment came, <laughs> like from from the gods you know whoosh and it it made you jump it made you really this this idea of i mean at school we were threatened with it in the sense that we we were awarded a punishment at say nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> and we had to wait till 30 until we were outside the headmaster's office when we would uh we'd uh get the, the, the administration of the punishment and that that sort of six hours was horrendous to wait for that. But I think I remember coming off the rugby field and then having to go to the headmaster's office for a for a, for a quick one or two or three of the on the backside. <laughs> Look, we haven't really even looked too deeply at the material things, which immediately somebody thinking of two people talking about being rich. Um, we'll only think about a car or a house or whatever, lifestyle. But I think we were massively rich in the fact that our parents and our educators gave us the distinction between what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. And I think one of the biggest, biggest um, landmarks must be when we used to think that having a television was a sign of affluence or richness. Now, um, I was watching TV uh, only, you know, as we both would have been over the last days or so, and, you know, an advert flashes up. Uh, It's going to tell you about um, the new sort of uh, programmes that are coming on, and immediately... I can see the brainwashing that's going on. I can see that it's another assault on uh, good um, as opposed to an advance of evil. You just see nothing but gratuitous violence, gratuitous sex, uh, bad behaviour. And I'm thinking back, I'm, I'm turning into my dad. My dad used to really tell me all the time that that was happening when I was 16. But it, it was nothing like this. If, if you think about what um, would have been life in those sort of early days of our lives. I mean, you know, Matt, I do come from years when it was frowned upon for people to hold hands in the street. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, I can, rem- I can recall that. Uh, and uh, I don't know how I can recall it or memorise it, but definitely, definitely, uh, 
it 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 was like that you couldn't you know and and if you were holding hands and somebody came towards you you you'd let go yes yes you'd I... let go and it was nothing happening and they always went past with a smile you know so it it was it was a different era. I don't know what's happened in the last 50 years, 60 years. Well, I think... It's a different era. Yeah, I, I think that little box in what was then, you know, 12-inch, 15-inch or whatever. See, I didn't have one in my life till I was sort of 16-ish, um, maybe a bit even after that. So all those things which, for example, today I'm being told that if uh, if a baby uh, gets hold of a tablet and, you know, the parents are giving the tablets to the children um, and, you know, they're now telling us that it is producing um, results of uh, children not being able to do certain things later in life. I mean, when we think of the TV, I can remember how astonished I was when Anne and I did a stopover in 2013 in Singapore and you've got um, streets full of screens and I'm not talking about a little TV screen, I'm talking about the whole of the side of a building so people are now, whatever the message is, you cannot even walk away from it. Now we've got shades of that here in Denia, we have a big screen at the port, which gives the adverts off, but it's not as dominant as in, say, uh, Singapore. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe the enormity of these giant screens, which are basically now part and parcel of um, the way that you have to sort of start considering things because um, we didn't think for a minute it was a two-way screen and that people can actually spy on you People can actually look at uh, how you're behaving. Uh, you know as well as I do on the telephone now, you only need to go into a place and within 30 seconds of coming out, you've got an advert on your phone. How did you enjoy your visit to Specsavers or whatever it might be? Um, very, very, yeah. very dangerous sort of uh, big brother, isn't it, really? Well, I... I we know that it's going on Vince we know that it's going on and, and I I think if we can like I did that one pupil in the school get into a, a drama college uh, if we can if we can influence or not no that's the wrong word if we can make someone question uh, one person in our in our uh, chats one question one person question something something that's not right not going and you never know they may have a completely different view on it and and be able to put us in a better direction of, of course we're floundering we're floundering we don't know really what's going on and they like it like that because confusion is is one of the serious sort of necessities of war well look i i think uh like so many of the podcasts we do get back to a situation of reality and knowing that somewhere along the line, if you don't have rules, um, then unfortunately you have freedom. And basically you can see in society that they are imposing their rules when we actually had a set of rules that were doing reasonably well for everybody. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments, and obviously, if I every now and again think, hang on, Vince, you know, you're, you're a little bit left of centre here, or right of centre, or whatever it is, uh, if I go back and just refresh my memory of what the commandments are, then I've got to look at things like, um, you know, we used to have half an hour of religious education. I mean, this was part of a richness, when you think about it. Um, even if maybe you had to change the way you think about certain things over your lifetime, um, to have somebody who was prepared, in my case, it happened to be Christian Brothers, which is a religious order, um, you know, it made me really think about the way I behave, I was fortunate in that my mum uh, wasn't a Catholic to start with. Uh, she uh, converted to um, Catholicism with my dad. 
and my mum gave me the most tremendous guidance. She used to take me to church, used to, uh, you, you know, uh, come along to the mass and all the lovely things that happened, especially around Christmas, which we've just enjoyed. Uh, when I look at Richard's, I look at my own parents, I look at my wife, I look at my family, I look at all the things where uh, immediately I can relate to a saying from my mum, count your blessings. That's something that people don't do these days. Uh, we don't count our blessings, do we? Well, you don't hear it said either. You don't hear it said, and yet when I was growing up, that was one of the, I believe that was one of the things that was told to me all the time count your blessings don't look to your negativity count your blessings it's very easy to sit down and moan about everything isn't it um and, and i think being rich is, is is about looking at positivity not negativity which so many people most well so many people do i'm afraid it's it's uh it's really sad and i think it's a spiral downwards as well you start thinking if negative thoughts start coming in your mind and and for you and i it may be the devil at work um the society and everything will go to pot um we've got to look inwards i think to ourselves to find the richness i certainly found, find that with my 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 experience of my stroke and trying to relearn to live i think it's looking inwards inside you and if you can do that and you can wake up every morning and say, well, I, I didn't do anything wrong yesterday. Well, I only remember yesterday, but I didn't do, and I've tried not to do anything wrong in my life. I mean, that's, I think, is, I mean, that's being, to me, a Christian. That is being, that you don't necessarily have to go to church if you don't want to, to actually follow what was preached those thousands of years ago. You just have to try and help everybody you meet and give t and sometimes it's just time Vince. Yeah. you just have to be aware that other people suffer so you too so you you give them time to chat talk find out how they are and they'll go away thinking well nobody else has asked me that i wonder i wonder that's really good that we discuss that you yeah. know we can all help each other but we tend not to these days there's no time and that is what has changed a lot in society, I think. Well, as I say, you know, virtually for any of our problems, you can quickly go back to those Ten Commandments and just say to yourself, well, hang on, where does this one apply? You know, love thy neighbour as thyself and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, you, you know, I, I do think even having the access to those ten ways to try and keep yourself on the tracks and uh, you know keep yourself so that you you're trying your best not to to do things that you know will upset other people or whatever um you know i, I think that's a richness um you know i used yeah, to i used to walk past these guys um the jehovah's witnesses and you know i wasn't really too sure of just how much that they uh, are doing uh, to help and now I found myself thinking, wow, to think that, you know, in all types of weather, you're out there trying to help people to improve their lives. I think that is so commendable, you know, especially when I look at these, uh, the likes of, you know, some of the Chinese uh, cities where now they're trying to dominate everybody, keep them inside, eye technology so that you can't move and all this. Woof, Matt. Uh, we've covered a lot of territory. We haven't really looked at um, possessions and what normal people would think of richness. Uh, I, I think we've gone a healthy way, which is basically, you know, look at what really yeah. makes us rich. Yeah, no, we, but we, do, we don't think that that is rich. When you sent me the thing, I thought this is going to go to riches, how much we've got, what we, what we own, what we possess. I've never thought as rich never thought of richness as that ever so that's just maybe me maybe you you know but it's definitely uh definitely what it is yeah okay well look uh that's another another podcast finished and um i mean i don't know about you i feel 
that I've thought through some really important things this morning. So, Matt, I thank you for your company helping me do that. Well, I, I, I love every Tuesday morning and uh, I look forward to it. And it's one of the things that I actually do look forward to now is having a good chat with you. And, uh, well, I'll wait until next week. Brilliant. I'll, I'll find you another good one. Matt, you have a nice day. And you too, Vince. Cheerio. Thank love you, Matt. Land. Thank you and love to Becky as well. <laughs>